This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey, welcome to the Garden Show on Zuma Radio. I am Dean Holland here with the Garden of the the Garden of the God the Goddess of the Garden. Oh my goodness, Charlie Dobbin, how are you this morning, Charlie? Not gardening. <laughs> Not gardening. No. Not no, outdoors. Doing anyway. So much either. It's rather gray and bleak at my house today, actually. Yeah, I'm afraid we have about the same way. It's actually raining here as well. Yeah, me too. Yeah, southern Georgian Bay is raining. But that's not a bad thing, though, is it? This time of year? No? No, but you know what? God, I wish we could get the rain more evenly dispersed through the year where I live. Because our well is now at the top. (laughs) There can't be more water in the well. The ground is completely saturated. Uh, The sump pump has started to run because there's so much moisture in the ground. It's great. I mean, it's very, very important. We go into winter with moist soil. Um, All of our evergreens particularly will be super happy when there's lots of moisture around their roots before the ground freezes. Gotcha. Okay, I now I have some questions, but I want to give out the numbers first, and then I know you have an update. Uh-huh. Uh, the number to call, and we'd love for you to do that, in Toronto is 416-360-0740. Or if you're living anywhere else in the province of Ontario outside of Toronto, it's a toll-free number, one 866 Seven four zero four seven four zero, and please do let Carlos know uh, if you are our first time a uh, first time caller, because then I will give you your garden wings, which will be well earned, and we always love to do that. And of course, our mantra: call often, call early, and please one question per call. Now you had you do have an announcement, I'm pretty sure. I do. Heather Sinopoli sent me a quick note last night to remind me that the Riverdale Horticultural Society is meeting December the 14th. Uh, The meeting starts at 7 o'clock that evening. It's what they call a hybrid meeting, so you can join in in person at the Frankland Community Centre, which is Danforth, Logan area, or you can join online. They have a... um, a woman named Donna Lewis, who is speaking on, she's a professional gardener on a large estate. I find that interesting. It's, I wonder if she's, she must be in Ontario, a professional gardener on a large estate. I always think of this happening in the UK, right? Uh, she's going to talk about her passion for swans in Back in the Ecosystem Return of the Trumpeter Swans. Very, very cool. For more information, you can check out more information and join in virtually at Riverdale horticulture.ca okay now as i said i have a question but first we have to take our first pause we have some important messages to listen to and then when we come back i will ask my first question we will be back with much more right here on the garden show don't change stations just because the weather changes garden tips and advice all year round this is the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on zoomer radio Yes, indeed. We are back with The Garden Show. 
Okay, uh, so Charlie, I, we have callers on the line, but before we do that, something that's been nagging at me all week, I've been l- <laughs> looking at some kiwis on my kitchen counter, and I've been re- remembering that we had a call last week about kiwis, which intrigued the bejeebies out of me, because I was one of these people who didn't even know you could grow them here. Well, there are hardy kiwi plants. They grow as a vine. They grow as a big vine, 10, 12 feet tall kind of vine. They're also separate sexes so you've got male plants and female plants so of course to get fruit you need female plants but to get fruit you need male plants as well to pollinate the females anyway you're absolutely right we did get a call last week from ross he was calling out of the niagara area and he was just wondering you know whether his kiwi was hardy enough to get through the winter and what should he do what should he do the actual variety he's growing i learned is called dumb sorry, Dunbarton Oaks, Oaks as in an oak tree. I looked it up. It's a pretty hardy plant. It's a zone five plant. He's down in Niagara. He's probably gardening in a zone six area, which means his zone five plant should be absolutely fine with no winter protection whatsoever. I said to him, you know what? If you want to kick some dirt up as a, as a winter mulch, the way we do over our roses, the crown of a rose, same thing. He could do pile leaves. He could... Um, you know, if what once we've had a good frost, plants are mostly asleep. It's an excellent time if you do want to add that little bit of extra protection to do that. Literally, that pouring of soil or kicking of leaves over the plant. Remember, of course, you've got to remove all that in the spring. But uh, but yeah, no, I think he's good to go. He's um he's in the right place to be growing kiwis quite successfully. Sweet. Okay. Now, I know I, I, that we had an, a question about roses from, I think it was Esther, but we will hold with that for a second. We'll go to our first caller. We have Teresa from Mississauga. Welcome to the Garden Show, Teresa. Thank you. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Dean. Uh, um, um, I have a question. My daughter has a miniature orange tree. She's had it for about a year. Now, she notices there's um, slimy, shiny stuff on the leaves. Yeah. Sticky, Uh, probably. And some of the leaves are chewed. So what we did last Sunday is um, we clipped all the ones that were chewed, and uh, I did uh, uh, dishwashing soap with water, and we emerged it right inside, and uh, we took it out of the pot, and also the roots put it in the water and soap, and we put it in a new pot. Is okay. there anything else we can do? Now, we just did that last Sunday, so I don't know if um, further stuff has to be done. Well, okay, so uh, the the chewed leaves is interesting. Was this a plant that was outside all summer and she brought no, no, it no, in it's recently? it's always been inside. It's a miniature small um, orange tree. It's about uh, three feet tall. Does she have a cat? No, <laughs> Does she, she have doesn't. anybody who might no. chew? Hmm. No, but I did notice little white things in some of the right. leaves. Well, there are many. Uh, this is the issue with indoor plants, tropical plants. In our home, they sometimes get uh, quite um, stressed. So we do see some issues. If you saw white, fuzzy, little little tufts, almost looks like little cotton tufts, then um, the uh, uh, it was likely something called mealybug. If you saw stickiness on the leaves, it's like, well, and again, stickiness could be from mealybug because they um, pierce the leaves and liquid comes out of the leaves and we, we end up with stickiness. Oh, okay. Aphids do the same that? things. How do you spell mealybug? 
Pardon? How do you spell the, uh, the name of the bug? Mealybug, M-E-A-L-Y, oh, okay. mealybug. Bug, okay. Very common problem, but very visible. You'll be able to see that insect. If it's still there, mm-hmm. you will see it. And it could be, but you know what? You did a good job uh, washing, cleaning, repotting. All those things are good when we want to um, eliminate insects from a plant. I would also isolate that plant from any other plants just to okay. make sure that if it does have an infestation it doesn't get shared amongst the other plants um keep really keep an eye on it uh avoid using dishwashing soap as your soap choice better to use a real soap uh if you don't have real soap at home then go oh. to a garden center or you know a Home Depot soap? and grab hmm. a safer's soap yeah it, what do you mean by much a real soap? detergent yeah charlie what do you mean by a real soap or what kind of soap like a non-detergent soap. So with um, uh, ivory soap, it should be a soap as oh, opposed to palm olive, which will be a detergent. Uh-huh. So just double check whatever you're using that it, it is a soap. In okay. order to be effective, uh-huh. soap works. Detergent just gives them a bath. <laughs> okay. Can I buy something from the um, garden center to, sure. to help it along? Yep. Safer's soap. S-A-F-E-R-S. Safer soap is great for doing, you know, read the label, follow the instructions. It will suffocate any insects that are on your plants. Okay, spell that again for me, please. S-A-S. S as in Sam, Uh A-F as in Frank, E-R-S. E-R-S. Okay, we should try that. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the call there, Tracy. Good luck. Yeah. Those mealies and those aphids are not fun things to have, are they? Not inside, and they're hard no. to get rid of. <laughs> no. Okay, uh, we have to take another pause. We've got some, uh, some more messages to get to, but we will be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey, we are back on The Garden Show here. I'm Dean Holland, and here with Charlie Dobbin, and the calls are lighting up. But before that, Charlie, I got to tell you, I didn't exactly take some of your advice in a roundabout way, because I know we're not we're not supposed to trim things back too short in the fall, right? Because, you know, you can do some damage. Well, no, just generally speaking, we don't do a lot of trimming in the early fall, because uh, okay. the plants are still actively growing if it's mild weather and you know sunshine and what we when you prune is you encourage new growth so the fall is not the optimal time to encourage new growth because come winter that new growth is tender and it will be frosted off gotcha but okay. now now that we're into dormant yeah you could if you wanted or needed to do some pruning now you could not in the rain of course but uh, but once plants are dormant and remember you can always any time of year remove dead diseased or damaged off of a plant okay well see I I had to do some really really drastic uh, trimming this morning because uh, November ended I grew a mustache for November to raise money and I shaved it all off just before the show much to the delight of my wife I, <laughs> yes. I don't blame her I am not a mustache guy but you know raised, raised some money for a good cause so anyway I did some some drastic 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 shearing this morning that's okay that's fine. <laughs> I think we can all support that you look better without a mustache too fabulous thank you <laughs> okay let's go to the next caller we have zoe calling from toronto welcome to the garden show zoe oh thank you good morning morning. Uh, i have just 
I have a question here. I bought a, a paper white for my friend, uh, and I want to give it to her for a Christmas gift. Hello? Are you there? Yep, we're here. Yep, yep. Oh, sorry. Carry on. Yes, I want to give it to her for a Christmas gift. Now I hear she's going to get going away on, on a bit of a holiday, so she won't be able to get at it for, I don't know how long, six weeks, eight weeks from now. How long do these bulbs last in those kits and so that they're still mm. good to be set up? Do you know? Mm. Well, good question. Depends how they have been stored. Look inside the box. It's like a little uh-huh. box with a pot and some soil, I imagine, with some bulbs. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So look inside. If you're seeing green growth, little green tips coming out of those paperweights, which paperweights uh-huh. are a form of narcissus, then the then they've started to grow. And to hold them another six or eight weeks will be a bit challenging. Uh, uh-huh. Cooler temperatures will slow down growth. So stick them in the fridge and and hope for the best would be my suggestion. But, okay, let's say, okay, maybe I'll get her something else. Let's say I'm just going to do them. So they're still good to hang on for another three weeks, four weeks? rather. Yeah, dark and cool uh, holds them the longest. And, And like daffodils and narcissus are one of the bulbs that we like to get them in the ground as soon as we can. Because what happens is, is the, the, the plump, firm bulb in the box, uh-huh. if it sits there in the box and starts to grow in the box, will start to shrivel in the process uh-huh. because it's okay. not getting any light. It's not getting any nutrient. So it's using the resources in the bulb to grow. Um, so just take a look. I mean, base what you're going to do based on the quality of the bulbs now. If they are starting to grow, I would plant them sooner than later. Uh, uh-huh. And I will warn you, they have quite the fragrance so um, oh, be ready. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you so much. You're very okay. welcome. Okay. Thank you. I mean, that seemed like a, a, a rather interesting, <laughs> quite the fragrance, maybe not a good one. <laughs> Everybody's different. Okay. Some people love the smell of paper whites. I do not. <laughs> no, okay. So. It's like cilantro, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. No, it's funny. It's like stargazer lilies. Some people love the smell of them, but I do not. So, well, okay. and, you know, <laughs> you got it. Okay, so last week we had a caller who uh, who asked you about roses, and we have uh, we have Esther on the line actually. So uh, welcome back to the Garden Show, Esther. Hi, uh, Dean. Um, Hi. I'm Morning. sorry. I love your show. <laughs> anyway, I have this um, rose bush. It's about um, let's say I planted it in the nineties. And this thing was so beautiful. It covered my whole porch, the whole, like, the awning. People yeah. used to pass by and admire this bush and the roses and take pictures. We did weepers about eight, nine years ago, and we had to remove uh, the bush, that the whole plant. Mm-hmm. So I replanted it in the same spot. I had no other place to put it. But I put a lot of good fertilizer because, you know, when you do weepers, it's sandy, gravelly. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. So I replanted it with nice soil, nice fertilizer, triple mix, you know, and cow's yep. manure, whatever manure I had. But yep. she's not doing good. Okay. Now, this and that was around a- September, I saw one cane, a long one, healthy-looking one, just one. And some small ones, like they're stunted, they cannot grow. But I am feeding this with um, blood meal, bone meal, um, miracle Grow, 
But it's not <laughs> okay. doing so, anything, Charlie. Tell me. Uh, all right. So here's so what you when when you did this transplanting or the moving and then moving back with the rose. That was a full eight or nine years ago. You said yes. Okay. And when you took it out of the ground and put it aside for the construction job, was it just, did you put it in a pot or was it just sitting no, in a corner somewhere? I had a big container with good dress stripper mix. Okay. And that's where I put it for about, let's say three weeks, four weeks. Okay. Okay. No, that's important. Okay, good. Now, it almost you said it was covering your awning. Was it, was it or is it a climbing rose? Like it what kind of a rose, rose is it, you know? Oh, yes. Okay. Beautiful pink dawn. Uh, oh, sweet. Yeah, color. they're pretty vigorous. A pink dawn is hard to kill. So here's what I would do. Uh, stop with all the miracle grow. Don't do any more addition to the soil because you've already did good. I mean, you can always in the spring. Remember the way roses work. They sleep all winter. In the spring, when the weather gets nice and they start to wake up and the birds are singing and the sun is shining, you get out there with your pruners, you're going to get down on your hands and knees, and you're going to cut out anything that's dead. You're going to go right down to the ground. If there's brown, shriveled up branches, canes of any kind, get it out of there. So clean out the dead, clean out anything that's damaged. If there, like you mentioned, there was a little bit of sprigs of skinny growth, which is weak growth, but one cane. So now you got that one cane there. I would take the tip off the cane. So whether it's four feet tall or one feet foot tall, it's take the top inch tall, Pardon? So just cut off the tip? Just the tip in the spring. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can at that point, if you haven't done any feeding this past fall, you can feed with a rose food. You can top dress with composted manure. Hopefully there's lots and lots of sun for this plant and then yes. sit back and wait. Morning and sun. it'll half a day morning sun. Oh, okay. Right, which is which is not optimal. It'd be better to have half a day afternoon sun, but nevertheless, uh, New Dawn is a really tough rose and it should it be fine. But the more sun, the better when it comes to roses. So, you know, it did well before. Just oh, yes. give it time. It'll probably settle in eventually and start to grow. But don't be afraid to prune to encourage more growth. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, so you're getting just as good as Charlie, my love. You know that? <laughs> oh, I hardly think so, but <laughs> thank, you for you Frank. <laughs> thank you very much. Don't tell Frank that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, okay. thank you thank so you. much. Esther. Have a great day, Esther. Okie dokie. Um, let's go right to the we're, we've got a call from the far western part of the province now we're going to chatham ontario we have jane on the line welcome to the garden show jane thank you morning um, i have some rose bushes that are in pots that i had out in the patio all summer now we have them in the garage an insulated garage and the leaves are all turning yellow are they going to survive Right. So these are these mini roses or regular garden roses? It, it, it's a small rose. I don't know whether it would be considered mini or not, but it is a small rose on it. Okay. It bloomed all uh, summer. 
Right. Well, remember, roses, generally speaking, are tough plants and want to be outside for the winter. So turning yellow is just an indication that that rose is getting ready for winter because it will drop its leaves and go dormant, given the right cool temperatures, etc. Is there any possibility you could actually take those roses that are in those pots and dig the, the pots with the roses in them into the ground somewhere outside in your garden? We could try. I couldn't just put them back out on the patio. No, they have to go on. The pots will have to go under the ground. Uh, And we can't leave them in the garage. Okay, so you can. Um, Personally, I think you're you're in Chatham, so you're more of a a milder climate in Chatham than say we are uh, north of you, but. so the advantage of putting them, in, leaving them in the pots and putting them in the ground for the winter and then pulling them up in the spring and washing them off and putting them back on your deck is that they are almost guaranteed to survive the winter. It's just no brainer. It works. However, in your garage, it's not as no brainer because in your garage, it could be dark. It could be light. It could be warm if the sun is beating down on the garage. It could be really cold in the garage if it goes to 20 below outside and things will freeze. So I find garage temperatures can be can fluctuate a lot and that can be hard on the rows. So it's possible, it it's doable. Many people have kept things alive in insulated garages and, and um, sheds, etc. But it is a little more finicky. You're going to have to keep fairly, you know, you're going to have to visit that rose every couple of weeks and check on it. It might need a bit of water through the winter. It might not, depending on temperatures. It is sitting in a window. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. So that's why it's being slow to go dormant. Um, yeah. Remember, light will keep it active, whereas cool temperatures will slow down the activity. So that's all I'm saying is mm-hmm. it's a little more finicky in the garage because you've got things that are happening that that are just, you know, it's it's protected inside the, the walls, but it's got the window for brightness. So, uh, it, you know what, it's possible it will that it or they will survive just fine, but do keep track. Uh, check if they get really dry, give them a bit of water in the middle of winter. Okay, sounds good. I'll give it a try. We might even put okay. it out in the ground. <laughs> there you. you go. Let us know how that turns out. I'm always interested. Okay, good. Yeah, good luck on that, Jane. Uh, It seems to me, Charlie, that is a question that comes up quite often. People are very, uh, I want to say the word prone. They seem to want to put potted plants in the garage. (laughs) But um, it would seem to me, uh, you you often give the same advice. You often say, if you can, dig a hole and put the pot in the ground. And I would imagine part of that advantage is also that they they get sunlight all the time. Well, when they're outside, they'll truly go dormant. That's the difference, right? If they're inside, they won't. So they'll be semi-dormant. So it's just a little more finicky for the the plant person to keep track. It's like, um, you know, bringing in the tropical plants and stick them in in the basement. Like there's just so many um you have to just be aware of so many things and and it is funny too i I, i've certainly seen this in my 40 50 years of doing this that um people always think that plants need to be protected by bringing them inside and what they don't realize is that actually some plants really need the outside they need the cold temperatures Um, they need to go dormant in order to wake up and be ready to go in the spring it's actually uh, quite 
it's called vernalization when a plant is subjected to cool temperatures and the cool temperatures change the physiology of the plant so you'll that's how flower buds are formed in many species of plants like apples for example if Mm -hmm. apple trees don't get frost you'll never see a flower on them Hmm. wow okay why you never see apple trees in florida of course yes Okay, no, very good. good. Excellent. Yeah, so it's just one of those things. So people think they're they're doing their plants a favor, but honestly, it, it's almost, I think, easier and more favorable to the plant to give it its normal conditions. Yeah. But potted plants need to go under the ground in order to survive. Gotcha. Okay, I always learn something every week <laughs> from you. Okay, the numbers to call, once again, in Toronto, 416-360-0740. We have a room on the line, so please give us a call. Uh, if you are anywhere else in the province of Ontario, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. We have Evelyn waiting on the line, and she called our Toronto number. Welcome to the Garden Show, Evelyn. Oh, thanks so much, Dean and Charlie. Uh, just a quick question. Um, I had a sedum in the backyard, and I stepped on it, I think. <laughs> anyway, I brought the piece in, and uh, it did root, and I've now put it in a little pot in the house. Uh, would that be the right thing to do? I potted it. It had a lot of um, roots on it. So, so it was, was it a cedar, you said? C-E-D-A-R? Sorry? Sorry? Sorry, what was the plant? Sedum, C-E-D. Oh, sedum. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Not, nothing special, but just yeah. <laughs> the thought of trying it. I had put it in uh, a cup of water, and it grew a Rated. lot of roots, and I just put it in a pot. <laughs> okay, so good question. See, there's an example. You know, We were just sort of talking about this, the idea of hardy plants, that we protect by bringing them inside. So sedum is an example of what we call a herbaceous perennial. So that's a plant that is hardy enough to survive the winter outside, but of course it'll go dormant for the winter and it'll be look like it's dead. The All the above ground growth will die off, but the roots will stay alive underground. Now that it's December and it's not dormant by any means, it's growing in your house, you, <clears throat> you put it in a pot, that's great, you know what? I would enjoy it inside the house for the rest of the winter. Keep it in the sun. Be careful about with your water. Only water when it's really dry. Treat it like you would treat a jade plant, like a succulent, right? It may or may not flower for you over the winter, depending on the amount of light you have. But as soon as we're frost-free and you're outside looking for things to do in the garden, take it out with you and get it in the ground in a nice sunny location with well-drained soil. Okay. Oh, that's super. Thank you. Uh, that's great. And the apple, the term for the apple, what did you call it? Dormant or, or sorry, the, the previous color would happen. Yeah. It's called vernalization. So V as in Victor, E R N as in Norway, A L I Z A T-I-O-N. So vernalization is the process of cold treatment. Different plants need different um, uh, hours, if you will, of cold in order to set flower buds. So it's the same with our tulips and daffodils, right? They won't bloom unless they've been vernalized. Yeah, right. Okay, okay. that's great. So 
I'll plant this in the spring and I'll send you a photo. <laughs> thank you. That's yeah, great. thank you. Thanks. And there, and Charlie Dobbin is giving you some good bedtime reading. Vernalization. <laughs> the whole story. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks for the call, Evelyn. Uh, Charlie, before we go to break, uh, we and as you know, it's sometimes really, really difficult to get to the emails that you get because we get a lot of callers. But I have one here that's a bit timely that I wanted to get to. Uh, Alice uh, has uh, <laughs> provided us with our first Amaryllis question of the season, <laughs> and uh, she uh, she wrote to you a couple weeks ago, and she said her husband left their Amaryllises in pots, babied them all summer. They've been in the dark since the end of August. Uh, with all the leaves cut off, uh, they do see the, a couple of weeks ago, they saw a bit of growth on the few leaves, but they were leaving them in the dark until the end of November. And uh, so I guess is are we're, are we're on the right track by doing that. When do we pull these things out? <laughs> well, if you pull them, your amaryllis out of the dark, when you start to see leaves growing, which is kind of the common thing to do because it feels so mean to leave them in the dark if they because the leaves are white eh, when they start to grow if yeah. they're in the dark and it seems pretty mean to not bring them into the light um they will grow you will get leaves you may or may not get flowers if you can leave them in the dark until you see flowers on the other hand you're guaranteed to get flowers so um yeah i check mine every yeah, four or five days and I found last year that they did start to pop flower buds if I just left them alone. You know, the, the, the flower stem yeah. has a flower bud on the top. So if I leave them alone, they tended to, at some point, send up a flower stem and bud. And that when I pulled them out, they were guaranteed to bloom. Okay, so you don't, you want to leave them in the dark until they have that stem and buds. If you can, ah. it's hard though, because like I say, when those leaves start yeah. growing, your heart starts feeling bad because they're just look so, un well, they're very anemic <laughs> for lack of a better word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, very, very intriguing. Okay, first Amaryllis question of December. There we go. Woohoo! <laughs> We're on our way. <laughs> okay, we have to hit the pause button. Here's some important messages, but we will be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed. We are back here on The Garden Show on Zoomer Radio. I'm Dean Holland here with Charlie Dobbin. And let's, uh, Charlie, dart right over to Stouffville. We have Nancy on the line. Welcome to The Garden Show, Nancy. Thank you so much. I learned a lot from you. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I have clematis that's about grows on a vine, and it's four or five feet high. And I also have another one that... Uh, and the southern exposure that climbs over a wall and goes around this goat, not a real one. And what's happened, I'm not sure, part, a third of it has died. It's very year, a lot of years old. How do you properly trim a clematis? Uh, somebody had said, you have to trim it right down, and I've never done that. Right. So Good question, actually. Thanks for asking it, Nancy. The uh, the associate you spoke with is absolutely correct, depending on the variety of clematis. 
assuming you have what's called a summer or both your clematis are what we call summer flowering. So summer flowering clematis bloom eh, late June, early July. They typically have a flat flower that looks like a star. Um, there's often dark purple, though they come in other colors. So if your clematis are summer flowering, then absolutely correct. In the spring, again, when uh, Esther's out there trimming her roses, you should be out there trimming your clematis. And yes, you bring them down to about six inches above ground level, just straight across, take it all off. Really? Now, I this clematis blooms, blooms for longer than that. Okay. I have I have clematis blooming like I would say from well June, July and August. Okay, and what color are they? One's a very dark purple, one's a very light purple. Okay, and are I they flat flowers or are they years belched? ago? Sorry, pardon? So are they flat flowers or are they bell shaped? Well, uh, they're arched. No, some of the leaves are, like the the petals arch, um, and and some are flat. Okay, but either way, they still are um, like a star kind of a shape, like a six or, yeah. Um, You know what? I would still do what I suggested. Cut them right down in the spring. Okay. There are some that bloom, clematis that bloom sorry. in the, sorry? Uh, so, uh, like from the root, you're saying cut it down six inches? Yes, yeah, six inches from above ground. Above ground, yes. Yeah. Okay, and what were you saying? I interrupted you, I apologize. No worries. The I was just going to say, there, there are clematis that bloom early in the spring. So, of course, we don't want to cut those in the spring because then we won't see any blooms. There are some clematis that bloom late in the summer. And, and so the pruning on some of those can be a little trickier. But most of us are growing like what you have, which are summer blooming. And when they're summer blooming, cutting them, the down, cutting them down in the spring is the best thing for them. They become more dense. You'll get way more flowers, and your flowers will start right at the base of the plant and go all the way up instead of just being okay. up on the tips. All right. Thank you very much. Okay, dokie. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for the question, Nancy. I am always wondering about my clematis outside. It's always I'm on my brain. Afraid. I find so many people yeah. are afraid to prune stuff. Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think, and I, I can answer because I'm not the gardening expert, but I think that we're afraid, especially when we have all sort of height on them, that we're going to, we're not going to get that again. Right, but you will. And that's the thing. They're right. very fast growing plants. And, and, and honestly, if you don't prune them, then they're all thin and scraggly. Like, like Nancy said, you know, a bunch of dead is on this plant. Yeah. Well, get it out of there. Cut the whole thing down. It's like getting your hair cut, right? It's yeah. very rejuvenating. It'll all grow back. Okay. Sweet. Okay, let's go quickly to Michael, who is on the line. He's calling from Toronto. Welcome to the Garden Show, Michael. Okay. Uh, good morning, Dean, Charlie. Good to speak with you. Uh, I've got a question about uh, hellebores, hellebores. And uh, I know that there's uh, a popular name, uh, Christmas rose, Latin rose. So I have varieties that have normally bloomed in the spring around Easter. But this year, I've got them blooming now. Would it be, uh, I know it's a product of the weather, but will they rebloom in the spring? Or if they've bloomed now, they will not bloom in the spring? 
Okay, good question. Depends on the age of the hellebores and like how old and mature they are, but also um, how much has bloomed and sort of what the winter is going to be like for them. I love these plants. They're one of my all-time favorite plants. I had some great ones in Richmond Hill, but when I moved to where I live now, since I have no shade, I couldn't bring them with me. It's They love a shady spot. So if they're planted in a spot in your garden that is obviously shady, but also is a bit protected, you're yeah, going to find that, you know, they're evergreen leaves. Sure. If it snows or doesn't snow, the, the leaves will stay there. They're very likely to continue to bloom and or bloom again next spring. Top dress oh, in the spring. I've not had that experience. Some of the clumps I've had in for about uh, maybe eight years, and some <laughs> are a little bit more recent. And uh, I've not had this experience before of them blooming now. But you're absolutely correct. It's the weather. I mean, my I have a magnolia that, oh, it popped, gosh, easy 20 flowers in September. But I look at it now, and it's got 200 more buds on it. So um, don't worry. Like it, it, If they're happy, healthy plants what's there right now of course will shrivel up in the frost in terms of flowers but new ones will grow if there's lots of health and juice in in the crown of the plant you'll get lots more flowers so oh, don't worry you. that's very interesting so they can continue or sort of rebloom again in the spring that's right exactly okay thank you so much thank you yeah thanks oh. thanks for the call there yeah thanks okay have to take another one of our little pauses there charlie we will be right back with some more questions here on the garden show don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Oh, yeah, it is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. I'm Dean Holland. Just a quick, quick, quick update. Charlie wants you to know that I got all of my algae bulbs in last week, every last one of them. Woohoo! Yeah, the weather worked in our favor. It got so, so mild, and it actually was a beautiful day to be outside last Saturday and garden. It was like so nice. Oh, perfect. So maybe it's good you had that extra chore. Made you, kept you outside for a little while last, yeah. last Saturday. And then we used your trick, and after we did that to f fend off the squirrels, we threw all sorts of brush over top of it so they, <laughs> so they didn't know. We are tricking them. And did you also, were you feeding them on the side so they weren't watching? No, I haven't got that done. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I should have been throwing peanuts off to the side. So. Wait, allium's not so bad. Because remember, if they do right. sniff them out, they're sniffing onions. That's, it's an onion, right. Yeah, so they they don't get quite as excited about onions as they do other bulbs. No, cool. Okay, uh, let's go to Mike, who is uh, calling from Dorchester. Welcome to the Garden Show, Mike. Yes, uh, raspberries. Mm. I got a good crop of canes, but no berries. What do I have, the non-bearing type? <laughs> a non-bearing raspberry <laughs> okay so when did you plant these raspberries how long ago three four years have you ever had a crop um last year i had um four raspberries really that's all okay so tell me are they planted in full sun i beg your pardon are they planted in the sun no, not full sun. They get partial sun. Okay. Uh, so the more sun, the better. Are they in, what kind of, did you amend the soil before you planted with some, you know, triple mix or organic material of any kind? Yes, there's some on it. And then I put some uh, manure on it, but uh, still didn't seem to help. I know with my blackberries, they produce every second year. Like what grows this year doesn't give me berries to next year. 
Is that Correct. the same way with raspberries? It is with most raspberries. There are some raspberries that are what we call ever-bearing, uh, which will bloom throughout the entire summer, give you raspberries all summer. But mm-hmm. the generally speaking, raspberries, you're exactly right. Once a cane flowers and fruits, we cut them those down and new growth will grow and new flowers and fruit will be born the following year. So in your case, if you're not getting a lot of flowers, I wonder if it's got something to do with the light levels. Maybe. It's right beside my um, berry-producing mulberry tree. Oh, yeah. But they're so... Well, mind you, I was going to say, mulberries are very, very vigorous, but then then again, so are raspberries. So listen, um, Mike, do you have a pen nearby? I want you to write something down. Go ahead. Okay, so there is a wonderful fact sheet for homeowners who grow raspberries. It's put out by the Ontario Ministry of Agriculture, Food, and Rural Affairs. Yeah. So the um, it, we just call it OMAFRA. So write down OMAFRA, which stands for, like I said, the Ministry of Agriculture. You want to go to the you want to just Google OMAFRA fact sheet, and the fact sheet number is. I just happen to know this, 237 slash 12. So fact sheet. 237 slash 12. That's right. And that is a wonderful uh, fact sheet for growing raspberries in Ontario for homeowners. Okay. Thank you. You're very welcome. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for the call there, Mike. Uh, Charlie, uh, do we have time for a question email? Yeah, sure. Okay, uh, begonias. Let's talk yeah. about begonias. Patricia, uh, she said, I have a lot of begonias, 25 or so on my deck each summer. Usual routine. She brings them in in October. She waits till all the stems fall off, then tucks the way in garbage bags in a dark cupboard. This year, some of the leaves got frosted before she thought about covering them, but she brought them in as usual, knowing the leaves would fall off regardless. Of course, this has happened, but the stems are not falling off in many cases. In fact, new growth was coming up from both the dirt level and the remaining stems and she doesn't recall this happening before she wonders i haven't watered or fertilized um i brought them in uh so um i she's she's sort of perplexed by this and wonders what to do right and and no i don't blame her it's very confusing for us and the plants so this goes back to uh even what uh, michael was asking about when he said his hellebores are blooming now and will they bloom next spring so that's the poor begonias a lot of our garden plants had a warm summer, then they had a cold snap, and then it got warm again. So the plants said, oh, that was winter, (laughs) now it's spring, and started doing a lot of new growth. And that's exactly what happened with begonias. So not to worry. I mean, hopefully this email is a couple of weeks old. Hopefully um, Patricia has carried through with what she started. To force those begonias to go completely dormant, continue what she did, dig them up, dry them down, cool them off, put them away in the dark. Um, you know, they, they wanted to grow again because they thought, oh, that it's it's winter, like winter's over. We've had our winter. It must be spring, but it's not. And she doesn't want them growing now. So she has to just force them back into dormancy with the dark, the cool and the dry. Gotcha. That seems to be the theme for the day. <laughs> Well, yeah, because it came up a few times, right? To slow growth or to put it to rest, you need you need cool, you need dark, yeah. you need that type of a situation. 
And you've got to put it, you've got to make that happen. Like, so, you know, sometimes the outdoor weather doesn't work with us. So we have to make it happen with the tender plants. Gotcha. Okay. What do you got on the agenda today? Is there anything that are you still yeah. trying to do, put some things to bed in your garden? I find, no, I finished. Thank goodness. We got more big wind coming. So I, uh, I did, I wrapped what I needed to wrap to protect some of my trees and, and evergreens that get a lot of sun and a lot of wind. So I got that all done. So I'm staying indoors today. Nice. Yeah, that's good. And, uh, do you have any indoor things that need your attention? Are you all, you're, you're good. Yeah, there's always stuff I've got, you know what, today's a good day to, to fertilize orchids. I think I might do that actually. Uh, orchid fertilizing day. I don't do it very often. So today might just be the perfect day. <laughs> Okie dokie. Well, it's been another fun show. I always learn something from you. Yeah. Thanks so much for helping me do it, Dean. I really appreciate it. And of course, I totally appreciate Carlos because we couldn't do it without him. Not to mention all the great callers. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.